Well, a colleague of mine told me his eight-year-old son once asked him on the way to church on Christmas Eve, Dad, are you going to let us enjoy Christmas this year or are you going to try to explain it all again? (laughs) And I wonder if that's what I'm here for tonight, to explain Christmas to you. Do Do you need Christmas explained to you? I don't know. Even if you're only in church on Christmas Eve or Christmas, do you still need to be taught the message of Christmas or what it's all about or the story? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I know, and you guys heard about it in chapel, but I've got a quick answer for that for, that works for me every time I need to be or I need to have Christmas explained, and that is I just take a good look at myself. Yeah. Because the Bible doesn't say Jesus came as a gift for me because I'm a good little boy and I deserve only the best. What do you think? Not about me, about you. Yeah. Well, this month's Lutheran Witness, I know you don't all get this magazine in the, in the mail, but this, this month's Lutheran Witness has got some really good articles that explain Christmas. And so I hope you read them. And there's a couple in here dealing with uh, the common misconception that Christmas was originally a pagan holiday the early Christians hijacked to make it their own. And this misconception is even believed and accepted by Christians. And all I've got to say about that is if it's true that Christmas is a hijacked pagan religion, then I am very, very thankful that we don't gather around the flaming Yule goat here at St. Paul. Yeah. Because evidently some people still do in parts of Scandinavia. And you see in Norse mythology, the god Tor rode around in his chariot uh, pulled by goats. And while some Scandinavian people still hang little goat ornaments on their Christmas tree, some towns there make a huge straw goat and light it on fire. Hmm. And if Christmas is a pagan festival, then I'm really, really glad we don't frighten our children with Krampus here in Sherwood either. Because in parts of Europe, a guy will dress up as the monster Krampus and roam the streets terrifying children to remind them that with the sweetness and light of Christmas also comes an equal and opposite force of darkness and evil. How adorable, yeah? If it's true that Christmas is a pagan feast, then isn't it nice that those early Christians who hijacked it for their own religion didn't put baby Krampus next to baby Jesus in the manger to remind us all not to be too happy about the Savior's birth. After all, there's still sin and evil in the world. Now, we've got ourselves to remind us of that. No, instead of explaining Christmas to you, I've got the task of delivering this public message of doubleness. Double because on the one hand, Christmas is not always a joyful time for everyone. And the message that's got to come through from God is He knows what you're going through and He's done something about it. Something perhaps you can't see or feel, but it's there for you. It's written. It's promised. So take heart in that at least. On the other hand, if you're joyful about Christmas and this is just the best time of the year for you and everything is right and joyful, remember the reason Jesus was born. 
It wasn't to bring more happiness into a happy world. There's a problem with the world, with you, with me. So maybe Krampus is useful in some way after all, yeah? But despite this duplicity of dourness and joy at Christmas time, one thing is always good. And that is the angel's message of good news, of great joy to all mankind. Another colleague of mine counted the number of times the New Testament calls on us to rejoice. 73 times. So rejoice 73 times. Not now, later, tonight. (laughs) Because you see, joy is another gift from God. The joy from God is not the kind that we can manufacture in our own hearts and minds. It's, It's something that I can't explain. I can't explain it to you. I can't explain joy any more than I can explain Christmas. How would you do it? I mean, how would, if somebody asked you to explain Christmas or joy, how would you do it? There isn't a Lutheran explanation of joy. There isn't a, a pastor's instruction manual for explaining it. But Luke, Luke explains it in this way. After the multitude of the angels sang their song of good news and they left, and they left the shepherds and the shepherds went and saw Jesus in the manger and Mary treasured all those things up in her heart that that were happening, the shepherds went back to their jobs. They went back out into the fields and back to their lives and their routines but, but things were different, see. They were glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, what does that mean? You know, what did that look like? What did they do? Did they stand in the fields and, and raise their arms and sing and lift their voices in song? Did they get on their knees and pray? Did they break out into the first Christian church service? I mean, I don't know. It, it could be some of those things or one of them or all of them. We don't really know. Whatever it was, whatever it looked like, whatever they did, they were given this joy. It was given to them. In this text that I read today from from Luke, you're hearing faith affecting human activity. And the people were affected by it. And then they told other people who were affected by it and did things. And it it was like a a drop in a, a, a a lake of calm water and the ripple went out and the ripple went out to generation upon generation and has hit your ears and has passed on to the next generation and the one after that. No pagan holiday or festival has got a message behind it like the one the angels brought. This was no ordinary birth announcement. The angels marveled at the incarnation and that's a churchy word for God becoming a human being. And I asked Alex and Aaron to light the, the two inner candles there on the altar, which for those of you who go to church here regularly, you, 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 you come, you've come to know, know those as the communion candles, right? We light those on Sundays that we have communion. But those are, what those really are are the two natures of Christ candles. They're supposed to remind you that Jesus is true God and true man at the same time. That's the incarnation. 
In a Christmas sermon that Martin Luther preached, he said, It's not for the angels to be proud of Christ's incarnation. Christ didn't take on uh, an angelic form. He took on a human one. So it wouldn't be a surprise then if the angels looked at us humans with envy in their eyes because we human beings, creatures far inferior to them and sinners to boot, are placed above them into an honor so great. They worship Christ who has become our brother, our flesh and blood. They marvel at the human nature in Christ. And yet the honor and glory are not theirs, but ours. No wonder Christmas is a time of joy. Christ has given to us. Joy is made possible for us by God and the marvelous things that He's done in Christ. So Christmas stands alone as a feast, as a Christian feast to honor the birth of Jesus Christ. God come into the world to save it, to save you and me from sin. We don't need flaming goats or Krampus, right? Or any other pagan idolatry to help explain Christmas. That stuff only serves to distract and take away from the marvel that was born in Bethlehem. So next time you hear someone say Christmas was originally a Roman fertility holiday or some such nonsense, take it with some skepticism. It probably isn't true. Besides, we've got enough pagan idolatry in our world today that gives us joy that doesn't last. Do we really want more of that this Christmas? No. But you already know that. I want to go back to that verse in our reading for tonight. Verse 20 from that reading from Luke where the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You were told. You've been told. And here you are doing the same thing as the shepherds and very well I might say. Very nice and loud and you're really singing those hymns great. We're glorifying God tonight and praising Him. My question to you is, will our faith in Jesus have any bearing on human activity when this service is over? If so, what might that be? It's a rhetorical question. don't expect you to answer it right now. Think about it. We're all different in some ways, the same in others. How will your faith affect your human activity this Christmas? I'm stopping short of telling you whatever it is that you do, do it with joy or be joyful. Because, like I said, joy is a gift given to you. I can't give it to you. All I can do is relay it to you from God. And if you believe you haven't received that gift, well, know that it happened in Bethlehem for you. Let that child be your joy and carry you through. Because, you know, being a Christian doesn't rest on your personal experience of all the great and wonderful feelings and sentiments you hear about at Christmas time, like joy and peace and those kinds of things. Being a Christian is having both joy and the opposite dwelling within at the same time. And one may dominate over the other when it comes to experience. The true joy of Christmas is found not in our experience, but in a person. Because of his arrival on earth, we don't experience 
the ultimate consequence of our sin. And if that doesn't bring you joy or some amount of peace, then I don't know what can. Because of Jesus, we don't experience punishment on a cross or any other torturous method devised by man because Jesus suffered that for you. Jesus, born to die, rise again, that others may die to sin and live forever. Can't say there's a pagan religion out there or idol that even comes close to that. Nothing else is the truth and faith in anything else is not going to affect human activity in such a way as the Savior's birth. So may the gift of joy that is Jesus be yours. And may his gift of joy to you transcend all our human understanding and be unexplainable. It seems redundant to say that which has already been given for you. But as Luther would say, we ask it anyway. Amen.